Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. I am Megan and with me is... Brent. And this is our follow-up podcast to the East Lake Tri-Cities Church message the previous Sunday. It's getting better. She's doing She's doing good. <laughs> We're working on the intro. She's doing awesome. Yes, follow-up uh, follow podcast. We're so glad that you found us and however you're listening, whatever. Uh, we hope to make this kind of... Uh, a supplement, not a replacement for, but a supplement mm-hmm. to what we talk about on Sundays. And we are just coming off of a full Thanksgiving week. It was glorious. Uh, obviously, a Hawks win yesterday was was great. <laughs> uh, just to kind of cap all of that off and just justify an extra piece of pecan pie before you close up shop and get back to the real world. But it is Monday uh, following, and we are heavy into like the Christmas season. Yes. It is Cyber Monday today. It is. You got any ideas? Uh, yeah. Any eyes on anything for Cyber? Monday? Well, not my eyes on anything, but I was thinking I might do a little perusing today because I have relatives who don't live in the same vicinity as me. And so I was like, oh, maybe I can order something for them today. Did you get more emails in your inbox on about Black Friday or Cyber Monday? I haven't checked it today, so oh, it's I'll bad. get back to you on it's that. It's super bad. <laughs> it's like, dude, they just can't get over it. And like, hilariously, the Black Friday deals like drug into Saturday. They're uh-huh. like, well, we're extending it. And yeah. then now it's Monday and you're just like, oh man, yeah. this is, this is going to go on forever. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me, like I went out, uh, we went shopping over Thanksgiving week. Um, we were over in, uh, on the West side and we were trying to kill time because my grandparents can only handle so much of my kids. <laughs> so we went to a shopping mall and just kind of ran around. Uh, and it, it was funny because I'm, I'm walking through all these stores going, oh, that's really nice. I'm not buying that today because I don't know what Friday's going to look like. Do you know, like <laughs> yeah. I didn't buy a thing because yeah. why in the world would I do that? You're going to put everything on sale on Friday. Yeah. And, uh, then everything went on sale and I was like, yeah, nah, I still don't want it. So <laughs> that's how it looked for me. Uh, did you get a chance to watch your favorite television sure show did. of the year? My, well, I mean, that's maybe a little much. No, come on. <laughs> it's my favorite Thanksgiving tradition. Oh, okay, whatever. Uh, the dog show. The national dog show. And I did, in fact, watch it. Yeah. And the Whippet one, which is part of the hound group. So Whippets kind of look like small greyhounds. Yeah. He, does, he have a, does he have a walkout song? Because uh, if it's not Whippet, uh, Whippet good, <laughs> then you're doing something wrong in life. Yeah. I don't I don't think they do walkout songs for the dog <laughs> they show. They should. They're missing out. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Yeah. We should, we'll write an email and yeah. let them know that. I finally year. realized you mentioned the other day who the host is. Uh-huh. And you're like, yeah, he's like this famous guy. And I didn't recognize the name at all. <laughs> Do you know who it is? It's uh, Elaine's. Yeah, it's John O'Hurley. <laughs> yeah, it's Elaine's boss uh, from Seinfeld. Okay. That's the guy a good who reference. owns the clothing store. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. He's funny. He looks the exact same. Yeah. That well, show is like 20 years old. I'm sure he's had some work done. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but like, he still talks like fully alert and was uh-huh. great. Like, do you remember like when Dick Clark was doing the uh, New Year's Eve okay, show towards the end? Like, he had a stroke. Okay. You you it was not even close, <laughs> Megan. He had had some work done as well, but it was very clear. <laughs> he he sh- had a stroke, friend. He, he couldn't keep up with the countdown, Megan. Listen, he had a stroke. Megan, <laughs> you're making me feel bad and I refuse to feel bad. I refuse to do it because well, Ryan re- Seacrest is behind Dick Clark going, come on, buddy, speed it up, speed I up. I nine, eight, to let you. Ten, <laughs> nine. This ball is going to drop at five if you don't get this thing going. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I'm terrible. I'm the worst You're person ever. Like horrible person oh, right now. You should befriend me. You should move towards people in life you'd be tempted to avoid. 
Bad Beal. Um, so, but uh, you nice, really did watch the nice dog transition. show. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I did watch the dog show. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't watch the toy group because that's my least favorite group. And I own two toy dogs, <laughs> Megan. I don't mind toy dogs. I just like, <laughs> it's my least favorite group to watch. They're my the least favorite show. too. So <laughs> these are my two least favorite dogs that I own. Uh, and for sure, my wife, my wife got a, uh, we got a new couch uh-huh. and it's this funny game where the dogs have always been allowed on the couch. And, uh, and if I'm uh-huh. reading on the couch, like they, they want to be near me. Yeah. Like that's just, I don't, this is who they are or whatever. Yeah. And so, uh, they will like want to come up and mm-hmm. she is in this like, okay, we got a new couch. It's a, it's a used couch, but it's new to us yeah. and they're not getting on this couch. <laughs> and so uh, is one of your dogs like really old. Yeah. She's yeah. blind as a bat yeah. too. Yeah. So she, her trying to jump up on the couch is really funny to watch. <laughs> um, and so it's been this game of um, they're on it. And then when they hear mom coming around the corner, <laughs> they jump down or they'll come in and they'll be like on my lap, like looking up at her, like he pulled me up here. Like, yeah. what do you want me to do? I'm, I've been invited. You can't kick me out. It's, it's a really funny game, except unless you're my wife, yeah. it's probably not as funny. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, yeah, she's, yeah. she's like, I will have one nice thing in my home and it will be not dog friendly. But, uh, uh, yeah. So I got an, an email from uh, or a, a message again from Margot. She just keeps sending me. I know. Good, I'm a little bit jealous. Right She's now. probably listening. Hi, Margot. <laughs> Hi, Margot. Uh, she send me something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Megan. When I told uh, I told Megan, I was like, uh, I got another thing from Margot this week. She's like, send me something. This is so hard. <laughs> I want something. So next time you'll probably get something now. But um, she and her hubby Matt went to the parade. I'm sure you saw the Instagram stories and Facebooks and the yeah, all and of all it. the things. And it was like the coldest one on record, yeah. which Matt made us sure to know about, hear about multiple times. Really cold, Matt. We get it. We get it. You're so tough. What a great husband that you sacrifice and go to New York City. <laughs> Uh, so she sent me some facts on the uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, uh, and and she had been there before because we had talked about it because I, I mentioned last week this is like Kylie's favorite thing ever. And yeah. It's been our dream to be able to go and, and see this live someday. We've even shopped like flight tickets and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. the problem is, man, you got to be able to drive there because everybody wants to fly there during that time. Uh-huh. The rates are skyrocket, or you have to be willing to be there for an extended period of yeah. time, and then you know then you have to stay in New York City, which is yeah. expensive, and blah blah blah. It's just not great. If you could drive there and do it, I, I totally get that. But um, so the average cost, the total cost for the whole parade itself is ten to twelve million dollars a, a year to money. make this happen. So cool show, but that's a heck of a lot of money. Do you know what the? Well, you know because I just told you yeah. this in between because I said this is ridiculous. <laughs> the giant balloon helium costs um, because those things are huge, right? Um, it's between 300 to 700,000 cubic feet of helium, which is like a limited resource, by the way, in terms of, uh, uh I remember them talking about oh, helium's getting expensive now. Uh, like I was trying to fill up balloons and like, it's going to be X amount of dollars. And I'm like, that seems like a lot. <laughs> well, helium's <laughs> expensive right now. The cost of helium is apparently high, <laughs> apparently because it costs $510,000 on average to fill a one of those balloons that you see, that stupid little Snoopy one that you go, oh, that's dumb, or oh, that's, you know, 
That's ridiculous. Why would they do that? Mm-hmm. Well, somebody spent a heck of a lot of money to do it. If you want to sponsor a new balloon, it's $190,000. Once you make that initial entry fee, it's guess what? It's a bargain at only $90,000 just to get it in. That's not including filling that sucker up. So now you're invested 600 k into these things. Uh, building one of them uh, costs between thirty to $100,000. So that, that, those costs yeah. that I just mentioned previously, that's just for the rights to enter into yeah. the, the thing. Uh, and then $2 million approximately are spent on uh, like the costumes for overall the deal. It's a, it's a crazy stat. I wonder what their like, gain back from advertising is. I mean something every like it, it is something that everybody watches yeah. and everybody looks forward to and i don't know i don't know it seems yeah. ridiculous to me but you, you got to do something <laughs> so uh macy seems to be the only one of the like big corner stores like that seems to be still surviving this whole lack of a brick and mortar deal i mean jc penny's terrible sears is closing everything yep. else is kind of going that way and macy seems to be seems to be holding on i don't know i don't, yeah, own I don't any know either macy stock or anything but uh there you go so if you watch the parade uh, now you know kind of the the budgetary numbers behind it that is not my say something interesting i, I have something <laughs> that i do want to talk about there i just thought that that was kind of interesting stuff about the parade but it's probably time to transition into <laughs> what this podcast is really all about anyways we finished up our Befriend series on Sunday, yes. part four. The whole month of November has been this series on uh, moving towards people we would normally be tempted to avoid and probably in our given culture, like given permission to avoid. Like, hey, it's okay. Like, we, you should be tolerant about a lot of people, but with exception in these specific categories, uh, people who are experiencing high levels of shame, uh, people who are broken. That was what this week yep. uh, was about. And uh, so... Uh, we talked uh, a little bit about a, a, an episode that shows up in John's account of Jesus in, in, he, in the healing of this man who'd been uh, lame for 37 years, that was said, 38 years, 38, 38 years, years uh, for a really long time. And the question really became down to do you even want to get well, which di- which kind of was the question of, it feels insensitive at first, mm-hmm. but we understand kind of what Jesus is asking. Like this disability is no longer something that you think about. It's do, mm-hmm. it's not weighing on you. Um, you've come, you've resolved it. Your, your identity is, I, I don't want to say defined by it because you are I like- mean, I think you could say it define. It does define it a part of your you, identity. It defines you, but it doesn't limit you. Like yeah. it, he's like, this is my new reality and I've just kind of gotten used to it. He's embraced his weakness mm-hmm. um, and how important that is to understand how to, like we all are broken and, and we all try and, um, uh, we all try and live in a way that we, we don't expect perfection from people. Uh, but we also don't want to be burdened by a lot of people. We, wanna f- we don't want to feel like a burden. That's that's the bigger piece. We don't want to feel like a burden. We, we 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 get that people would think that there's something wrong with us, but we they, we don't want to let them know how wrong. Yeah. And we're okay with being damaged, but not broken entirely. Damaged but fixable was yeah. the phrase that I used. That um, uh, I've had a few people even text me after afterwards, being like. <laughs> uh, uh, just stuff about that that yeah. phrase like that coming up and being like yeah I'm I'm uh, damaged but fixable man yeah. so let's hang out you know whatever so yeah <laughs> um, yeah and anything stand out to you in particular about uh, what we talked about uh, well this I don't I kind of got like in between when we were talking I I was thinking a lot about how this plays out not necessarily in like an actual physical ailment or mental ailment but in our journey as uh, broken humans in this world and our sin and things like that. And that um, like you can't get well until you own that you're broken. Yeah. 
And I mean, that plays into mental health and physical health also. It plays into like, yeah, I know that I need to go to a doctor, but I don't want to hear the bad news that they have for me. Yeah. So I'm just going to ignore it. And if you're living in denial about something that's going on physically, your, your inability, your, uh, Inability to verbalize it or talk about it does mm-hmm. not mean that it does not exist and that you're not afflicted. Yeah. And and like then when to mental health and people who deal with depression and kind of long term mental illness that like you don't you can't get better until you are admitting that you have an issue and owning it and allowing other people to come in and help you through that issue. Uh, so just that. And that the whole question that Jesus is asking him is, do you want to get well? But it's so loaded. It's such a loaded question. Totally. The question behind the question. And in between services while we were talking, um, you got pretty passionate about it and almost emotional. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is good. Like, we're we're close. Like, I don't know that I really, really hit it well in first. Um, And I think it was, uh, because of our conversation, a little bit more polished coming out in second, which is the one that gets posted anyways. But um, yeah, but just that idea of... um, I don't know that there's a lot in our society. I mean, there's not a lot of um, uh, things telling us that we're wrong again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I've said this before. I feel like a broken record a little bit, but everybody wants to make you feel like the hero by, because when you're, when you feel like you're the hero of your own story, then you buy the product because you want to, you're on this quest for personal achievement and whatever. And so it's within you. Um, if there's something wrong with you, it's because it's externally thing, like something is mm-hmm. oppressing you or there's something against you or don't listen to these, this repressive religion or whatever. And uh, Christianity has had a strong history, a strong history that resonates with a lot of people of everywhere else. Every, everything in the world is telling me I'm, I'm pretty good I'm, and yeah. I'm good and, or I can be good or it's, it's within my reach. Christianity is this one thing kind of holding us, holding our feet to the ground a little bit and going, yeah. I mean... But not really, though, right? I mean, and not like a, so therefore there's no hope. No, there is hope, but you'll only yeah. appreciate the hope if you actually realize that you are broken. That's and the problem. And it's that the, the hope is not in you. Like yeah, it's you, ex- you it is external. You cannot fix yourself. You right. cannot, like you said it in first service, you cannot do good your way out of this. You There's nothing you can do that will fix this or change this. Yeah. But that doesn't mean there isn't hope and there isn't grace and as a Christian, like we believe that that comes from Jesus, who is our savior. Like it's not from, there's nothing I can do to save my brokenness, to yeah. save my damagedness. And Paul's picture of it in second Corinthians that we talked mm-hmm. about, he's like, I delight in my weaknesses. I delight in my insults. I let those things take and happen to me. And I don't, I think, um, when I have, uh, when I think back on my life, and I think of critiques on me. A, a lot of times, if I a, a critique lodges more to me than um, positive reinforcement, mm-hmm. which is just true in general for I, I think, think that's most true people. For everybody. Yeah. Um, I remember. Uh, if that's not true, maybe I don't know if you're trying hard enough. Like. Yeah. No. Like <laughs> so that book that I just recommended, that uh, Wondering Years uh-huh. book. Um, he talks about. At, he's in this interesting phrase because this is his first book that's been. Uh, published like you know through an actual publisher as opposed to like a self-publishing kindle thing and so now he can't help but find himself searching through goodreads to see what people thought of my work and (laughs) and you don't want to there's like 167 reviews and 140 of them are five star and it's great and he's like i gravitate towards the four star like what the heck 
why not the fifth? Mm-hmm. Or if it's a one or two star, I'm definitely reading that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it just weighs more heavily. So this is just, that's just life for mm-hmm. us. Right. And so, uh, as I think back on my life and critiques that sting, that hurt, that like, I can't let go of, I often find myself, I think, trying to, uh, beat it and like mm-hmm. prove it wrong mm-hmm. instead of like embracing the weakness and being like, yep, that's who I am or a little piece of me. Mm -hmm. And that may just genuinely be true about me. Mm -hmm. And I need to learn to be okay with that. Well, and like that whole, and you kind of mentioned it too, the like letting God use that weakness. Um, Because for him, that's not like, there's no weakness or strength. It's just, this is the person that I have to use to do my work. And I like one of the things for me that really um, kind of strikes me about God throughout the Bible is he often picks the most damaged people to do his biggest work yeah, and his most obvious, like showy work. And so that, which you mentioned it about old Testament people in first service, at least. And that's always been something that has stuck with me about how God operates in this world and how he, um, like weaknesses are not something that needs to be overcome for him. They are a tool to show his mighty, you know, his mighty power and his grace and his ability to move in this world and work in this world, because it's so much easier to see how amazing and wonderful his power is when it comes through this human who's so like horribly flawed. (laughs) And in those stories, a lot of times it was in the midst of, the weakness, not Mm -hmm. like, okay, I was this, then I got better. And then God used me. That's how I think a lot of our like personal testimony stories go. Like I was on drugs and I was in and out of jail. And then I went to this Bible study and then I started doing this and then my life got right. And then now I've got this great story to tell in the middle. And then, but it's, but like when you actually read some of this stuff in scripture, it was like that brokenness lingers Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go away and it wasn't resolved and, and God still used them. And then in that, even in their success, it was, there's still this, yeah, but this dark side of things and that, but that's the space for grace. Like yeah. that's the cracks. There's a quote that talks about the cracks are there because that's where the light gets in or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's like this cheesy trope, but it's so true about like our expectations of ourself um, our need to be grounded in our brokenness and mm-hmm. otherwise it falls heavily into conceit and pride and self yeah. self-actualization, which basically just means I can get there if I get enough chances and do it. And that's that other part of the question that Jesus asks the, do you want to get well is the, you have created this identity surrounding this, uh, ailment that you have. Do you, are you ready to not have that be part of your identity. Yeah, right. Are you ready to like receive the grace that you're about to receive and cha- like have that 180 change in your identity? And even on a, like, even if you're not going to be completely healed or today, like, are you ready to own this like weakness that you have, but not have it be part of your identity? Yeah. You know, and then so Jesus heals the guy. That's yeah. the end of the story. <laughs> and then afterwards, he says, "But watch yourself. Don't go on. Don't continue your life of sin, or else something far worse is going to happen to you." The story is not about the healing, Mm-mm. um, because Jesus, although Jesus healed 
like that was definitely a part of his public ministry. It always felt like that wasn't necessarily going to be the sign for the disciples in continuing. It doesn't, I mean, Mm -hmm. it feels like I'm willing to do this, but what I'm doing in these healings is giving you a picture of what the kingdom of heaven could potentially look like. And I'm pointing towards something more with this. He Mm -hmm. would always downplay the healings. Don't get caught up in the healings, man. Like you've got so much other things in this way. Like I, I, I have power over um, natural laws, mm-hmm. um, but I, that's, I don't, I don't exist to circumvent reality. There's a great book on miracles by C.S. Lewis, where he talks about, you know, if we, can they happen still? Sure. Um, do we expect them always to happen? Well, then what good would have been the establishment? What would, what would have been the purpose of establishing natural law? If all you're going to do is always circumvent it every time. Um, so no, we, we, we don't rely on that, but we open it up for its possibility because mm-hmm. we do believe in the sovereignty of, of, of a God who creates and those that he who creates can do what he wants, but he won't and, and doesn't many times mm-hmm. because this is just how things play out. And that's not what you want to hear when you're well, no. sick and need healing. <laughs> right. But, yeah. um, but then he would say, "Is it he? Is it physical healing? That's what you want. I mean, that's yeah. And I like, and I think a lot of times when you see Jesus healing people, I mean, occasionally he just would mass heal, but it was usually very individualized and and don't tell anybody about yeah, it, and, right? Like keep this then, under between us. And then there was always some sort of message about how this has like reflected your life and how your life from now on should be different. And there was never like he always had some sort of message to them about." what this now means for you. Yeah. What, like, you know, you've been saved. What does this mean for you now? Yeah. And, and saved is a tricky word because yeah. it's like, this isn't the goal. The goal of all of this isn't that you would live until you're 90, right? That's what Jesus is trying to say. Like yeah. if I heal you now, it's going to be, a, well, obviously it's way more convenient for you in life. <laughs> I mean, I, I want you to be happy and experience joy, but don't fall in the trap of thinking, Oh, I, I made it. Like I'm, I'm, I survived or I'm, I'm this. He's like, it's just, it's, there's more to life than just that. Like Mm -hmm. you can still, I don't know if, if this life is all there is, then the healing thing would be the end all. That would be what you wanted. Everybody would want to live forever and never have any problems. If there's life beyond this life, then it's a piece of it, but not like the piece. And so I think Jesus and his healings would be like, I'm going to heal you, but be careful. Don't fall in the trap of thinking that this is like, okay, well, I need to be religious so that I can get this super Jesus juice on me yeah. and not have any problems anymore. So Jesus juice. <laughs> I don't know. It's copyright. That's if anybody <laughs> needs an idea for copyright. Uh, uh good. Anything else that, that popped out to you in terms uh, of the series or overall just general things for the series? Well, kind of one thing for the series that I um was thinking about and talking about is uh, that whole, so you talked about it when you introduced it, but, um, moving towards people we wouldn't normally move towards. And as if you call yourself a Christian, you've been called into uncomfort and you've been called into putting yourself into situations that don't make you feel comfortable. Not saying that make you feel unsafe, but situations that don't, that are not comfortable for you. And that the idea of moving towards people that you wouldn't normally associate with is definitely uncomfortable if you are a human on this planet. So, um, just, I've been kind of thinking about that and how can I, as someone who calls herself a Christian, move into situations that are uncomfortable for me. And doing it 
with the motivation mm-hmm. of I'm doing this because this is what it means to follow Christ, yeah. as opposed to, well, I should do this if I want to be a good person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand the yeah. difference? Where it's like, I'm I'm doing this to build up this case about how awesome of a person I am, and I can totally tell why God loves me. I'm I I'm very lovable, and so therefore it makes sense that God would be into me, as opposed to <laughs> I'm I am not, uh, and yet with whatever agency that I have, personal agency, I'm going to choose to uh, engage in this, and the motivation being I feel an obligation out of the grace that I've received. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's like it feels like maybe minutia or splitting hairs or something like that, but it, I just think it's so important. It's well, so it's critical. that whole it's an intention piece. So, is my intention for myself, or is my intention to like pass on the grace that I've received? It's like I don't, know, which sounds the same, but um. <laughs> well, so here's here's the thing. So our leadership team, our board is currently um, dialoguing about uh, like in the, in the next season, um, targeting like our wear love strategy mm-hmm. and what does it mean to wear love in our community and what we want to be known for. We want to be known for helping others through volunteering, through service. And, and just like when, it, when people think of um, East Lake, they think, gosh, everybody's just, if you go to that church, it feels like you're giving yourself away somehow, right? Um, and always other focus as opposed to self, what, how can I do to build on myself? It feels very countercultural. And and yet everybody, like we feel it's, it's a good evangelism, what's the wrong word, but strategy because everybody feels like they want to be a good person. Um, and, but nobody feels like they've got extra time. So our, our dialogue that we're having right now, in fact, we have a board meeting tonight is talking through how do we help people understand, um, to see what they're currently doing in life and, and not saying, okay, well, you're not busy enough. So let's give you more things to do. Let's look at how you mom, mm-hmm. let's look at how you are a boss or whatever. And instead of, I'm going to be a, just an, a good moral ethical person in society, but yes, but why? I think the understanding of I'm doing it as a response to Jesus, as opposed to I think this is what I'm supposed to do, changes yeah. a few things and and makes it more meaningful. So, do we have room to grow, and should we add things to our schedule to be more generous? I think that we probably all could be more generous than we currently are. Yeah. Um, but also then just revisiting and and looking at things with a fresh new lens of okay, when I see it this way then that changes my outlook. So if you yeah. attend East Lake and uh, on a long-term basis, <laughs> be prepared. That's coming in the spring. So nice. Yeah. Nice. Anything that you, any no, final uh, thoughts for the series? I'm really excited uh, for this next series. Cause we all, we, uh, we do an Advent series every year. It's the most liturgical thing that we do as a church um, because every year it's the same. It's just Advent 2018. So um, we have like notes, printed notes from last year's Advent that we're probably <laughs> just going to recycle and reuse. Um, you, if you grew up in a, in a more traditional uh, church, Catholic church, you or even Episcopalian or you grew up uh, Presbyterian, Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that there's typically like a church cycle, church yep. calendar. So you go from uh, Advent to Epiphany to uh, Lent, uh, Easter, uh, Pentecost, all, you know, it mm-hmm. just kind of flows through and it's very programmatic and, and it's great. And a lot of people enjoy that. And it, it feels it's been a historical thing for the church. We have not operated, chosen not to operate in that sort of 
uh, schedule thing, although I'm aware of it. However, when it comes to Advent, it just feels like, I don't know, everybody's nostalgic at Christmas anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, you, every time there's skepticism towards new Christmas movies, you're like, nah, I think I like my old, I think I'm going to go watch <laughs> National Lampoon's again yeah. every year and it's going to be great or Elf every year. Yeah. It's great. Um, it's, it's hard to break through for that. And so instead of trying to break through every year with like this new Advent thing, it's just, let's just go with the flow. And, um, so, uh, this week my mom is coming into town oh. Well, she's in town, yeah. but they're in Hawaii right now, but oh. they're, so that's why I said in town, they live in town. She's a pastor over at, uh, faith assembly where my dad is a lead pastor at. Um, but she has always, um, She's always been a big proponent of Advent. She took uh, us as, as kids through it every mm-hmm. year. We would sit down during the week and light the candles um, and read stories and sing songs. And then it was, uh, we didn't do anything else the rest of the year in terms of like family devotional time mm-hmm. like that. But for Advent, it was always really special and unique. She actually wrote a short book about it. We're going to be giving away a few copies of those that book um, this weekend for free. Um, and she's going to be kicking this thing off for us. That's so cool. Is she going to be up there by herself? Or all you? by herself. Nice. I'll, I'll do an intro for oh, her. Yeah. Um, but uh, then she's going to just take it and run with it. But nice. she speaks all the time, so well, yeah. I'm not, not too worried about it. And she, this is her first time speaking at Eastlake since she got her doctorate. Okay. So now she's Dr. Gail. Nice. So, and I think she's making me refer to her like that. So, um, <laughs> As she should. Yeah. If you're listening and you're in town, we'd love to have you this weekend because yeah. uh, come meet my mom and uh, potentially walk away with a cool Advent devotional. And so that you can take your family through that this year. And uh, for the next couple of weeks, we'll be crushing the expectation yep. uh, piece of the Advent piece. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's talk about our something interesting, uh, yeah. things that we found, uh, read or watched or did something. Uh, you want to go first this week? Sure. Okay. Um, so mine, uh, well, I'm new to this, having to come up with something cool to talk about every yeah, week. Pressure, situation. It? it is a lot of pressure. So yesterday I was like, what am I going to do? So I Googled like weird news stories and NPR has a whole page about strange news stories. Oh, you shouldn't tell me cause I'm going to go on there and steal them now. <laughs> Next week I'll go first and then I'll have it. But. <laughs> so the one that I have today is, um, from November 9th and apparently China has just debuted their very first artificial intelligence news anchor. So it's like an AI anchor for the news. And um, so if you go on the site, there's a video and you can watch him talk. And it's pretty, apparently he's been... like modeled after one of the news anchors in China at the agency, the news agency that has this person. And so he isn't anchoring any news full time yet, but that is their hope, especially like with late night and those kinds of things, because it will reduce cost and employment, you know, that kind of stuff. So it was really interesting. And I, I had another one that I was going to do. It's like a safe, like he's never going to get arrested. Nope. Drunk driving. You know, he got a nope. DUI last Friday and now he's like the trusted face <laughs> well, of news. And he just, and he reads whatever is written for him. So it's very. I run Burgundy? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was my, uh, yeah. I was like, that's really, it's pretty interesting, but also kind of. Kind of creepy. creepy. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's not really AI at that point, right? Because it's not thinking, he's not coming up with these news stories for himself. No. It's just a computer generated news piece, yeah. which why do, why then? Do we feel the need to keep a like a human esque face? Yeah. If- well, because the new oh, I listened to so like right before Halloween, 
uh, Radiolab did a podcast about War of the Worlds, and I listened to it last night. And they were talking about the whole media. Um, so the reason it's called like a news anchor is because they anchor and it creates feel a feeling of safety when you're hearing horrible things. And so that's I'm sure that's why they've kept a humanoid kind of figures because of that whole sociological idea of um, maintaining some sort of connection and like safety within the news. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I just thought that was, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Coming soon to a church near you. Yeah. <laughs> AI pastor. <laughs> uh, love it. Don't love it, but whatever. All right, my something, are you done with yours? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my something interesting is a, uh, a new thing that uh, came out on Netflix. Um, and I, I was going to say, if you own Netflix, but like... If you own Netflix. Like, Well, I mean, like, if you, if you have access to Netflix, oh, okay. but like... In this day and age, you know somebody that has a password they're dying to give you. So I'm assuming that you do. My parents don't, which is kind of crazy, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, it's a show called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and it is a uh, like a movie of sorts. They actually released it in select theaters, and it obviously wasn't any of the Tri-Cities ones. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking it's like LA, New York, Tokyo, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, so, it, it, which is odd, too. Like, why would you pay to go see it in a theater if it's like immediately available on Netflix. However, the cinematography is brilliant. Mm. Um, so if you were to be able to go see it on IMAX, some of the scenery, it's it's set in like a, it's like a Western type thing. Um, it's like part music. It's really odd. It's like the most odd. Like I was trying to figure out how to categorize this thing. It's a movie, but there's like seven mini episodes or mini stories um, involved with it with all different characters that at least at this point I'm on the last one mm-hmm. haven't seemed to tie together in any certain way oh. um, and it's all very sad it's like <laughs> but it's like it's funny but then it doesn't end well it's a Coen uh, Brothers film did you ever watch uh, like No Country for or Fargo oh. yeah yeah mm-hmm. so like you're going oh that's unlucky or that's oh that's terrible and it just you, if you like happy endings, I wouldn't like, it's probably not your jam. <laughs> um, but there are some definitely funny parts. It's, uh, rated R, I think primarily for violence. I didn't, I mean, there's some language and stuff too, but nothing like nothing to, uh, HBO ish. If mm-hmm. I don't know what's in us. Yeah. <laughs> not safe for Brent's mom stuff, but, uh, uh, yeah. It, and it's got good music and, I don't know if you're looking for a kind of a weird, if you're a Western. So we, when we were watching it, um, Kylie and I uh, were watching it upstairs and we immediately thought of her dad because her dad loved old Westerns. Okay. Yeah. And we're like, would he like this? And we're like, I don't know. I mean, it's old Western. That's the theme, but then like the sad endings of the stories and then it doesn't really like the, the good guys don't win in the end. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but yeah. Interesting enough, cinematography is fantastic. Some of the little tiny stories are pretty cool. Um, famous actors in it, James Franco, Liam Neeson, uh, two of the ones that kind of stand out to me right now. Uh, there's probably more, but I just didn't mm-hmm. recognize them. So uh, if you're uh, if you're inside on a, on a cold winter evening, like it's not winter yet, but getting close. Um, <laughs> it's winter-esque. And are looking for something that's not like cheesy Christmassy. Yeah. 
then check out The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. Um, We uh, have got a fun thing coming up in a few weeks. Uh, We just put on the calendar our our next family movie night taking place at the theater uh, December 14th. Uh, Is that a... Hold on. I should... Well, I know we're going to show the classic movie uh, Home Alone uh, on the big screen. So I'm sure that that movie played... Uh, here at some point, so that we're just, <laughs> we're just going along with that. Yeah. Um. It is. Oh man, where am I at here? There we go. December eleventh. December eleventh. It. It's a Tuesday evening. It's gonna be at six o'clock. Uh, we are gonna be bringing in some uh, hot and ready pizzas from Little Caesars, nice. some popcorn, trivia, bingo, family bingo. It's just a fun. Nice. Uh, we we try and do these four or five times a year, yeah. and Christmas theme one. And we are trying to find a uh, tarantula. Oh, because in the movie the tarantula <laughs> yeah. escapes, so we want to we want that to be up there. Uh, and then we also there's a guy in the church. Do you remember the old man with the snow shovel that, that the kid thinks is the the bad guy for a while? Or he's uh, like just scared of him, and he sees him in the store, and I don't know whatever, kinda. like neighbor. Yeah. Anyways, there's a guy who when we were watching this movie, Kylie goes, "That looks like Chuck from church." <laughs> so Chuck doesn't know this, but we're going to be approaching Chuck and see if he'll come in like a trench coat and in a metal garbage can with a metal shovel and just like halfway through the movie just come in the back and just scare all the kids so i'm, I'm assuming if you're listening to this you're an adult so you're i'm giving you the heads up on yeah. it um i also want to give you the heads up that it's not as clean as you probably think it was <laughs> so if, if language stuff uh easily offends you or, yeah. or you're like you know i don't want my kids hearing some of that either bring earmuffs or we're gonna try and <laughs> Mute. We're going to be strategic about how we mute, but I can't promise everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is a classic Christmas yeah. movie. So come enjoy mm-hmm. December 11th, Tuesday night with us here at the theater. Nice. Family movie night. I actually have an announcement too. <gasps> okay. Yeah. There's So there's a traveling children's choir from African Africa. Children's choir. African yeah. children's choir. They were here earlier in the month. Yeah. And uh, my parents' church sponsors them when they're in the Tri-Cities. And they kind of had a weird gap time. And so they're coming back. Um, and they have another performance at Kennewick First Presbyterian Church on Wednesday, cool. November 29th, 28th. 28th, yeah. Um, That's at, the night of the Rockefeller lighting. Oh, at 630. <laughs> so go to the African Children's mm-hmm. Choir and then go home and DVR the mm-hmm. uh, Rockefeller lighting. And, and watch it's that. really just a very joyful, um, like lovely concert that they put on and they're just really sweet kids they're eight to ten year olds my parents have my parents hosted them when they were here earlier in the month and they're hosting some uh, three of the boys again we should call this closing section there's nothing to do in the (laughs) tri-cities and then be like that's not true and then we always have something that when if you find yourself saying there's nothing to do in the tri-cities we're gonna call bs on that and say there is here's a couple of here's a couple of cool options for you i I dig it i like it all right well that'll do it for this week's episode thanks for sticking with us uh throughout this thing if you're in town we'd love to have you for week one of advent this sunday uh if you missed this uh, whole series you can go to eastlaketricities.com slash talks and catch up on that you can find me on the socials at brent johnson j-o-h-n-s-e-n megan is meg bojan b-e-a-u-j-o-n connect with us there uh send us some dms about uh, things that you found interesting and maybe, just maybe, they'll make it on our podcast. Have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye.